Hi, and welcome to the I Have Fallen and Need Some Help podcast, where the main mission is to educate, equip, and empower families who are caring for their elderly loved ones. We will discuss resources, how to be our best selves, and ways to define success to create success. I am Erin Thompson, a 20-year veteran in the senior living industry and a 15-year family caregiver, and I cannot wait to add value to your life. and welcome to episode number 11, Tips If Your Loved One Is In The Hospital. I have been an executive director of an assisted living community for the last 15 years. I have been a caregiver of my grandmother for 15 years, and I've worked in the assisted living industry for a total of 20 years. So I have seen and been a part of lots of family members in the hospital, navigating, helping family members while their loved ones were in the hospital. And there have just been some patterns that I have found that help me help families navigate the hospital times. Because sometimes stays in the hospital can be very traumatic uh, for varying different reasons. I mean, the health of their loved ones, obviously, the treatment of their loved ones with dementia, how the love their loved ones with dementia handle the treatment because that can be very bad and just the flow let's face it the hospital is a business we don't want to think that it's a business but it is a business we automatically assume that because our loved ones are in the hospital that the hospital will do what's in our loved ones best interest and yes that's what hospitals are supposed to do but sometimes the hospitals and the staff inside of them don't know what the best interest is or don't necessarily have the time or they're so bogged down with so many different things going on that the nuances, the little things that can make a huge impact get lost. And that is why I say that if a loved one of yours or a friend or whoever you're responsible for is in the hospital, they need an advocate. They cannot be there by themselves. I don't care how stubborn, hard-headed, mean, difficult your loved one is. They need somebody. Because it takes a lot of wherewithal to navigate the ins and the outs of being in the hospital. There's lots of people in. There's lots of people out. If your loved one's asleep, they're not going to catch some of the things that were said to them. They're going to think they were dreaming. They're not going to recall the information the correct way. And sometimes those little things get lost that make a huge difference. And it's very difficult to make sure that you have someone in the hospital with them at all times. But I think if you can identify and pinpoint the key times, you might be able to make that work. So here are some of my tips. I believe knowing when the doctor rounds is important. I think that it's also hard to pinpoint a doctor's schedule. But the more you ask, the better the information you will get. Although it might not be the same information over and over again, it will be information that you can kind of formulate a plan for. Usually the doctors round first thing in the morning. If they're a specialist, it could be different times. Um, and sometimes it's late at night. So I think it's important for you to ask. And I think also regionally it may differ, but that is one of the things you need to know. When does the doctor round? Because you may see things that the nurses don't. You may know the patterns of your loved ones that the nurses don't because 
that nurse may be there only for one night. It could be a nurse who doesn't work full time there, who may not have put the in the notes of the patterns that are important to you. So knowing when the doctor rounds and making a plan to be there is, I believe, priority number one. Don't assume or expect the doctor to round at exactly the time that that person said that he would be there or she would be there. Just be flexible because nothing about the hospital is routine and nothing about the hospital runs the way the perfect world scenario would like for it to run. So it's one of those situations where you control what you can control and you understand what you can't and you let it go and do your best. But know when the doctor rounds. The next best thing, I think, is to get to know your nurses and your CNAs. Make it personal. You need to tell the stories about your loved ones. You need to tell them the best way to get them to do what they need them to do. You need to explain their stubbornness and hardheadedness. You need to explain the little nuances that make your loved one your loved one. And so if they become stubborn or angry and say things to people who are caring for them that they know that that's not who they are or they didn't mean it that way or they have a tendency to be that way and so they're prepared. Any type of preparation in regards to the person caring for your loved one I think is important. For my son who, if you've been listening long enough, you know that he is on the autism spectrum and is very unique in his own way. And I always prepare his teacher anywhere he's going for the first time, what his little nuances are, because it will let them know they'll, they'll be more prepared when it comes up. A lot of times it takes them a few times to get what I said, but they'll get it eventually. Um, But that preparation is important. And the more that you can make the people caring for your loved one, a team, the better outcome you will have. But nothing is perfect. Healthcare is far from perfect these days. So the more that you can contribute to creating a flow of your loved one's care, the better the outcome will be. If your loved one is suffering from dementia or has some type of cognitive impairment where they're, they're in and out with remembering details, um, they may not be able to make the most appropriate decisions, or they're in the hospital because of a sharp decline in their cognition. I think it's important for you to know that not all nurses and CNAs know how to handle dementia. It's, I've seen it more times than I wish I would have seen it. Um, And this could be an entire episode on it by itself. But when you have, when you have cognitive impairment, when you have cognitive impairment and everything, thing about you on the outside looks normal, for lack of better words, then it will take time for somebody to understand that you may not, your loved one may not be able to make the most appropriate decisions all the time or be rational and in rational thought processes. You know, I used to say, and I still say, if dementia had like a cast on your brain or a little sign that came up like a cartoon character Today, this side of my brain is not snapping the way that it should be, but other pieces of my brain are, then it would be a whole lot easier because someone can look like there's nothing wrong with them. And yet 
walk out into the street without looking for moving vehicles in the middle of a highway. Or walk out of a house and pretend like they're walking back to New York or drive to New York, and yet they're found in Arkansas. All those things have happened, and they look like nothing's wrong with them. And so it's important that communicating with the nurses and having the nurses understand exactly what's going on with your loved one, bringing them into the fold, and then recognizing that my loved one who is suffering from dementia or any other type of cognitive impairment that could bring behavioral issues is going to need more help because hospitals just aren't equipped to do that. Now, they can offer some support, some one-on-one support. I just don't know how much each hospital can do. But it's important to advocate for those loved ones. I have seen in hospitals where food was brought in, but yet no one ensured that they ate the food. And sometimes the resident just didn't know that they had to move the plate cover off to know that it was food. Those little things can get lost because we just assume that someone in the hospital knows that you just removed the plate cover. Or if your loved one needs to have the fork put in their hand and then prompt the movement of this is food, this is what you do, sometimes those little nuances will be lost. I'm a huge advocate for understanding that the small things matter especially with dementia. And those small things can get lost in a hospital if they're short-staffed, which they might be. Um, And if there's no real understanding of the type of care that your loved one with dementia might need. So bringing them into the fold and communicating to them with what what your loved one needs and talking to them about the different things that are necessary to have your loved one be successful in the hospital. I have seen where residents, my residents, over the last 20 years with dementia just go bonkers, for lack of better words, inside of a hospital where restraints have to be used and they're chewing through the tubes, um, IVs and different things because they just didn't want to be there. That's hard to manage. It's hard to manage for anybody. I've also seen residents who run on a motor. They cannot sit still and are just walking up and down hospital halls. That's hard for anyone to manage. I've seen where residents do well inside of an assisted living community or at home and yet do horrible inside of a hospital because it's a brand new it's a brand new situation for them and they don't know how to act in, in an environment that they're not used to. That's hard for a hospital to handle. So there's lots of things when you have a loved one go into the hospital that's important for you to manage and navigate and proactively try to control, knowing that there are things that you can't control. But the nurses bringing them in the loop, having them understand the expectations um, of you and then what's needed to care for your loved one appropriately, that is very important. Getting in touch with your social workers and case managers is also very important. They are the people who are responsible for ensuring that you have everything you need when you are discharged or when your loved one is discharged. It's important for them to know what the current living circumstances are, 
the current living situation is. Are the is the resident at home? Do they have a spouse caring for them? Is the family caring for them? Were they successful at home? Were we on the on the verge of needing some type of senior living move? Do you need sitters, the companions at home? Do you need help trying to understand what each option is and what you're qualified for? Or is is your loved one too weak to go home? Do they need a rehab stay inside of a nursing home? Which if you stay in the hospital for three midnights and have Medicare and meet the qualifications, you are eligible for those stays in rehab in a nursing home. And sometimes in a, just a straight rehab unit inside the hospital. The social worker and the case manager is who you need to talk to to ensure that you have everything that you need when you're discharged. They will set up home health. They will make sure the transition into a rehab is set. They will send referrals out for assisted livings or nursing homes. They will make sure that you have all the DME equipment, which is your walker, your bedside commode, your hospital bed, those types of things, if the doctor orders them. They are responsible for doing that. So it's important for you to meet them, tell them where we are, and where you want to be. They are the resources that can help you find the additional resources that can kind of create that success, that team that you need to care for your loved one. Whether you're staying at home, whether you're moving into some type of senior living environment, nursing home, long-term care rehab, those are the social workers, case managers, or your people to kind of help you get what you need. I believe the last tip is when just on a on a personal note, you know, if you when you're in the hospital, making sure that you are there and handling business is important. When you leave the hospital, that's when you can break down and let it all let it all out. Having a loved one in the hospital can be very stressful, it can be very emotional. And you may be having to make decisions that are big decisions. And so having lots of emotions involved in those big decisions can make making those decisions harder. I think it's important to be very clear on what success looks like in this situation. I think it's important to only allow people who bring peace and rational thought into the fold in making those decisions. And I think it's very important for you to be very methodical on who you talk to, what the next step is going to be, and following through. Because those small details can make a huge impact in every scenario, whether it's a parent, whether it's a leader inside of a community, whether it is you caring for your loved one in the hospital. The more you are in control of the flow, as well as you can be, the more prepared you will be. The hospital wants to typically, if they can, discharge as many people by Friday to ensure that with the weekend and not having the social workers and the case managers there in full force, that that they manage the business side of the hospital. Don't be caught not prepared if that situation happens. I think every day you are entitled to ask the question, when do we foresee a discharge? 
For the most part, you may be okay to be discharged at any time, but some people may not be. I think it's important just to be aware of that fact. I think it's important to be an advocate for your loved one. And I also think it's important to use the time in the hospital, if possible, as some sort of respite for you, especially as a caregiver. If you can create a plan to ensure that there's a family member there certain key times, then it won't all fall on you. If you have that support system, then I think that you should use it and create a plan that works for you. Following the tips of know when the doctor rounds and have someone be there. Get to know the nurses and tell them stories about your loved one in order to make it personal. Understand that not all nurses know how to handle dementia. So giving them a crash course on what works with your loved one is important. Knowing the case manager and the social workers, communicating all of the nuances of your current situation and what your goals are for the future, and then being aware that and asking when discharges so you can be prepared and trying to use the hospital as a time to take a breath, use your, use your team, or look for a plan that could potentially include senior living if that's something that you're interested in. It's always easier to move an elderly loved one from the hospital into an assisted living or memory care community than it is from home into an assisted living or memory care community. The flow is so much easier and and you can blame the doctors and not blame the family. So being in the hospital can be used to your advantage for the next step if you're ready to move to the next step. I hope this episode helps. The key tips are very important and will help you navigate being in the hospital, having to make those tough decisions, and knowing who the key players are and who you need to talk to and what questions you need to ask. I am Erin Thompson with Aspire for More, and my goal is to just add value to your life, to your loved one's life, and to help you make the best decisions. I hope you have a great day. I have created a company called Aspire for More with Erin to really educate, equip, and empower caregivers caring for their elderly loved ones. I am available as counseling type services, as a guide to help navigate the crisis times, as a what's next. I don't know if I can continue to do this. How do I find the right assisted living? What is assisted living? All of these questions are what I'm here for. So if you need help or you need a safe space or somebody to just hold your hand to help you make decisions, a place to vent, someone to help you understand how to make the hard decisions and when, then I am your person. And you can contact me with the link in the show notes or at Aspire for More with Erin's Facebook page. And I will do my best to help you navigate the little nuances that make a huge impact in your caregiving journey.